0: So unpredictable here on the SNL Network.
1: Yes, that is right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the SNL Network's hot take show here to recap the Paul Rudd episode of SNL. It was an episode that was unexpected, not something that we had thought we were going to be getting tonight. We thought we were gonna be getting typical SNL up until today, and then obviously this episode ended up being very unique, but that does not change us being here at the Hot Take Show. This is Appointment Television, where we're here with a great panel to break down everything we saw tonight. So joining us, I could not think of a more perfect guest to break down some old footage as well. It is Andrew Dick from That Week in SNL. Andrew, how are you?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm doing great. Glad to be back. Uh, just fair warning, I am keeping in theme with the night. A little bit under the weather uh the North Carolina oscillating between seventy degrees and thirty degrees has kicked me in the face uh so forgive me if I sniffle a bit or whatever. uh you can get I have a nice holiday themed red nose. um the pressure in my head is uh immense, but I'm here. I'm delirious, and I'm ready to talk about this very special episode of The Simpsons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, the great thing about podcasting, it is a job that you can do from home. So I'm very thankful that we got you. We didn't need to come to the studio, Andrew. We got you right here on the Hot Take Show. So anyways, nice to see you. And I'm gl- I'm really excited to talk about everything we saw tonight. Uh, joining us as well is Kaylee Morrison. Kaylee, how are you doing?
2: I'm great. I'm definitely in the mix of all the holiday uh, stress and excitement. And uh, all of that led to tonight and so my head's just kind of spinning around and trying to absorb it all
1: right uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot to absorb. I know that people in the chat, I mean, a lot of people are feeling uh, not exactly the vibe we thought we would feel tonight when we saw Paul Rod join the five timers club and, you know, expecting a lot of guests coming in and a lot of excitement from the sketches. Uh, but let's try to have as much fun as possible as we can on the show tonight when we're here. I know you guys are staying up late with us. So I appreciate that. And we're going to have fun all together. Uh, and joining us as well is Nicole Rovine. Nicole, how are you?
3: I'm good. Um, in the spirit of being things positive, I, there was, there were definitely a few things at the show that I loved emphasis on a few. I have about two things that I thought were amazing and that's all I'll say for now.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to get into all of that. For those who are wondering different background, I've actually moved. So this was a crazy week for me as well. And between moving and then all the changes with SNL is what an insane day. But I'll talk about that later on in the week. Right now, let's get to the episode that we saw tonight. And the way we start these shows is we give our hot takes or headlines for the night. And I know it's a different night, Andrew, but if you can give me some type of headline that you saw from tonight's SNL that people will remember this episode for, give it to us.
0: Ooh, well, okay. I will say it was um, not as distressing as I thought it would be. And I thought it had uh, one unequivocal uh, classic in it, which I, you know, no doubt we will get to. So uh, all in all, you know, still slightly sketchy that they put on a show. I don't know how exactly they did it. But you know, I think uh, it ended up being worth it in the end.
1: Yeah, I I think so. And I want to get the hot takes from the panel. And then I'll talk about, you know, my experience from what I heard about what happened with the show and how this all went down. So Kaylee, let me go to you. Let me hear your hot take or overall headline from the evening.
2: I would say that tonight's show will be appreciated by those who work in show business. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know how like a casual viewer will, will like it, but um, there was some things that I thought were a cool peek behind the curtain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is very true. Uh, and it is, it is really uh like, interesting the way the choices that they made along the way to be able to put this all together. That's something we're going to be analyzing for a long time when we reviewed this episode. Nicole, where are you at about the episode? Any hot takes from you?
3: Yeah, the main takeaway I have is I thought that on one hand, they really excelled with the cohesion of the episode in terms of aligning the guests with the sketches. So Tom Hanks, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Tina Fey at Update. Um, Even Paul McCartney having an impression and himself appear two separate times in in archived footage. So that's my point is, is there was a lot of synergy between the, the guests there today, whether remote or otherwise, and with the sketches that we saw. So I think that that was a positive thing because it gave us sort of some synergy in the night as if. That was kind of one cast as if Tina Fey and Keenan Thompson and Tom Hanks and Paul Rudd and and Steve and Martin were all sort of on a cast together. It kind of had that vibe. So I really liked that. Um, I I thought for what it could do with the time they had, it it was a, a good production decision.
1: Yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit, Nicole, of going to summer camp, where you have all these ideas about activities that you're going to do, and then it rains. And you're like, what are we going to do with the kids now? So then you get together with all the staff, and you come up with creative programming. And I felt like that was kind of what we saw tonight, where we had like, Tom Hanks and Kena and uh, Keenan and Tina, they all got together, and they were like, hey, what sketches should we show tonight? And then I think they all came together to decide. That's the way it felt with the synergy between all the sketches.
0: Or like the last day of school before Christmas, really like half of the class is missing because they're already left for like a trip or something. And it's like, what do we do? It's half a class.
3: It's also kind of like when the teacher leaves the classroom and it's just a bunch of students and they just kind of figure out what to do. They get to make up something like a random game. And um, it's like when the teacher pulls in that anyone who is like a certain age of millennial, Gen Z, whatever, you know, when, when the teacher rolls in the TV, on those wheels, that means that the kids have, have free reign. They could do whatever they want that day. And that's kind of how it felt, too.
1: Yeah, it was substitute t shirt night at SNL. So that's, yes. that's what we got. <laughs> that's um, the headline. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, <laughs> so substitute let's talk about pictures
3: of icons. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, Let, let's talk about what, what exactly happened here tonight and how we got to this point. So I'm going to try, uh, as we always do with our listeners to be as upfront as possible about what I had heard and happened along the process to making this episode. And as I understood it, yesterday, things were normal for the most part uh, rehearsals went as planned yesterday afternoon yesterday evening i believe there were covid precautions in place because things were significantly getting worse some of the changes that as i understand it are there were less sketches that were planned for dress rehearsal the dress show that we would have had tonight would have been fairly similar to the live show typically mm-hmm. in dress you would get extra sketches that you know to leave room for things to be cut and changed around but there was less sketches and there was more planned out things as if on on Friday night, they basically cut the sketches that they would normally cut in dress. So I think that was, you know, the first thing that, uh, that was really a major change. And then obviously there was people behind the scenes from my understanding, a lot of the film unit, which is interesting because tonight was a night full of pre-tapes as far as new material is concerned, but as a lot of the film unit behind the scenes actually ended up having COVID that that's, that's what I've uh, understood. And that behind the scenes in combination with potentially other departments of SNL, including people like including screen cast and things like that, there were people who did have COVID, things were escalating to a point where people were not comfortable doing the show. And it got to a matter of like, hey, what can we do to put this thing together? So in the end, they were scrambling to try and figure out how to do the show should they end up doing the sketches that were originally planned for today. And one of those options was to film those as pre-tapes and show the sketches as if they they weren't going to be live, but shows the ones that they have. And it just couldn't come together the way they wanted to. So there is an actual rundown available of what the show would have been. And to my understanding, and I'm sure some people have seen this online, there was going to be a five-timers club sketch where Paul Rudd would have left the monologue to go back to the five-timers club. So, you know, just playing the what if game there, that is something to think about. Obviously, the people who were in the building were going to be there. And there are rumors about other people that were going to be there. I don't know that we know everyone who was going to be there, but there was a lot to think about in terms of what, you know, how this whole thing developed. They ended up finishing taping those intros and all the wraparounds tonight at 11 o'clock. So there was about a half an hour leeway between, you know, 11 o'clock and and the show uh, actually airing. So anyways, I just I wanted to provide you guys with all that information because I thought it would be interesting. Obviously, people are going to have questions throughout the week. So that's why we have our roundtable coming up on Monday. We're also going to have a patron feedback show. We'll talk about our coverage later on in the week. So you guys can ask as many questions as you want. And we can try and figure out and wrap our heads around this episode. So as for tonight's show, we're going to hear from our panelists and all their opinions about the show. But we want to break down the sketches as we go through them like we normally do. And This is what I'll ask, chat, just give us your opinions, and I'll bring them up on screen like we normally do for the Hot Take Show. Okay, let's start with our introduction that we saw tonight, which was not a cold open. It was, you know, they opened up on home base. Uh, We have Steve Higgins basically introducing Tom Hanks. He comes out with his five-timers jacket. We got to see Tina Fey. Uh, Tom Hanks saying that he started the five-timers club, which is interesting because technically he did start the five-timers club in 1990, but uh you know there were five-timers who were five-timers before that Uh, we can we can debate that um they talked about the sexiest man of the year keenan giving the jacket steve martin coming in martin short uh who was uh, previously in justin timberlake's five-timer sketch and then of course uh something crazy for me which was like no life from new york really uh you know technically the first time since the mid 80s so andrew dick a lot to wrap our heads around here which is really our only live sketch of the night what do you think of it
0: uh, it was interesting, especially since, you know, obviously thrown together uh, so last minute. Uh, I liked the, the, the you know, the looseness of it, and I enjoy any time that uh, SNL plays with its format. So simply having no Live from New York, uh, no traditional cold open and or monologue or even the opening uh, was interesting to me. I don't, you know, I, I don't think the show loses anything when it tries new things like that uh though you know considering everything having tom hanks be the one that steps out immediately really gave me uh snl at home vibes which uh did (laughs) distress me for a a moment but you know uh overall you know i think it, it, it it got over well enough
1: for sure uh, I actually really enjoyed this. I really just was happy to see there. I felt like um, the I, I was wondering what they were going to do. I mean, I, I do wonder why they made the choice not to do the Live from New York tonight. I really felt like uh, even though technically it wasn't live, neither were the at-home shows and they did a version of Live from New York for the home show. So I felt like that was a little bit missing from this. And I think in, in the long run, they're going to look back on it and be like, ah, we should have said that, I think. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, mean something to me, at least. And I think for a lot of the listeners, they like seeing that. Um, so I, I do have questions in the chat that this is is this actually the fifth show for Paul Rudd? And yes, uh, NBC and Saturday Night Live uh, puts out like the official sheets. This was technically Paul Rudd's fifth time hosting and there was no technical musical guest on the sheet. So this is Officially, his fifth time hosting. For anybody who's asking for statistics, all right, Kaylee, what do you think of the intro we got to see tonight?
2: I I thought it was good. I, I mean, of course, it was a little jarring to hear like just you know small chuckles instead of you know big laughs. Um, it made me realize how much I depend on laughs to know <laughs> to encourage me to laugh out loud. I was finding it very amusing <laughs> and funny, but like I wasn't really my first big laugh out loud came with um, Martin Short's uh, shriek. In, <laughs> in Steve Martin, uh, when he pushed him, um, yeah, I thought the jokes were good. I thought it all made sense. I thought it worked.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think as to your point about Martin Short, I think the thing that got me was him just like putting his hand in Steve Martin's glass and pulling it <laughs> away. I
0: well, carrying like... through the fact that Martin Short's always the uh, the waiter in those sketches <laughs> right. as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. We got no Conan O'Brien in this one though, Andrew Dick. Uh, so yeah. that that w- that would have been nice. Uh, Nicole, your thoughts on the intro.
3: I liked it. I mean, I think it it was one of the higher points for me of of the episode. Um, Not sure how much that is saying, but I I liked how it started with Tom Hanks, even though there was a little trauma coming back. But, you know, he started the Five Timers Club. He wasn't the first one, but he started the sense of the club. He started COVID, as he's joked about. He started the show. He he is the the starter of all these things, and I I'm thinking a lot about how Paul Paul Rudd was the perfect host for this kind of night because he is just such a comforting presence for people, and and I you could say maybe Jason would have been a good example, but actually I totally disagree because Jason really needed a victory lap where he could just do a million things and get 34 minutes of screen time more than anyone else um, has gotten this season or in a long time that we know of. So. Um, yeah, I think he was just the perfect host to do this, and Tom Hanks's presence re- further reminded us of that because Tom Hanks and Paul Rudd have that very similar vibe um, in terms of their relationship with the media, and then also specifically SNL—it's super similar—and they're kind of everyone's comfort characters, you know, comfort comfort actors. Like, I can't even think of anyone that for for whom that is more true than the two of them. So we got lucky with that, and I I don't think Paul needed a some something like what jason needed so i'm i'm happy with it um and it was it was good i thought it was a lot of things keenan giving the jacket it was of course if any cast member were going to be around keenan was was the perfect one for that so it it, it worked it, it came together well
0: Uh question uh, do we know how it worked out that keenan and che were the only ones
1: in the building for this I think they brought that up on Weekend Update. Yeah. But, yes. um, no, I, I actually do well, not maybe I know that. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, well oh yeah, no, there, no, no, there, no, there, there, was there was a joke. joke, the joke yeah, there was a joke. Yes, but but yeah, yeah, Um But the uh, my I was, understanding, I was
0: yeah, literally, uh, legitimately wondering that.
1: Yeah. No, of course, yeah. My my understanding is that it was their choice uh, that they mm. decided that they wanted to be there and they chose to be there, and the other cast members uh, who, like, for whatever reason, whether they were uh, they were positive or close contacts or potentially just not comfortable being there i think Uh, those are the reasons they all were there and whoever whoever wanted to be there and and they i think snl was pretty happy to have them around because of that um initially uh i believe as of at least yesterday tina and uh che were always going to do update so this is this wasn't something that was that wasn't something that was decided last minute at least from my understanding so um so, yeah, I think Che was planned to be there and Keenan just, you know, felt he should be. So that that would be my guess. Intriguing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, congratulations to Paul Rudd for joining the five-timers club. Not exactly the way we had envisioned it, but this is definitely a historic way to join and something that will always be remembered. And, you know, I see a lot of people in the chat saying, I hope they bring it back. I mean, they're going to bring it back. They, this is not the you know the last time we're going to see Paul Rudd host SNL. So he's going to be there and uh, and we'll get to celebrate him <laughs> again, hopefully. Um Okay, let's talk about our first pre-tape of the night, and we saw right away the Holiday Gifts pre-tape, and this was with Paul and Aidy and Kate McKinnon, and they were. it it was originally called Home Goods, and this was originally supposed to be after Weekend Updates, so I'll tell you where it was planned in the dress rehearsal. This was going to be our last pre-tape of the night that we were going to see, but they ended up moving this to the beginning of this show, so something interesting to think about. Um, so we start talking about grandchildren and uh, all all about Kelsey. So Kaylee, can I start with you on this one? What do you think of holiday gifts?
2: Yeah, sure. At first, I was like, okay, you know, the first few minutes of it, I was like, I don't know if I'm into this. And then when they started getting into the like sex euphemisms, I was like, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> like it was just disgusting without being overt, um, yet somehow still slightly overt. But yeah, I loved the the two. Old lady moms talking about their kids getting it on um indirectly, uh, so they could have their wish of grandchildren. So I liked it. Overall, I thought it was I thought it was a good pre-tape.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this this was an interesting one. Nicole, what were your thoughts on it?
3: Yeah, I thought ju- just a, a production thing I thought was kind of interesting was how it started and ended with a kind of camera crew in the way that sometimes SNL will will can at the end to to give us a little bit of the the insider look outside of the sketch, but in this case it was actually part of the sketch that they were on this 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 crew and, and so it, it was a little bit meta like that for me. Um, and I, I don't know how I felt about it, but it just like we pivoted from that first moment with with Tina and Tom and Paul and everybody. And then it went into this like camera set. And I my brain kind of didn't compute that at first because like, okay, this kind of just looks like something that SNL might do in, in a commercial, but it's not a commercial. Uh, so it was it was a little bit not computing for me um, so the, that in that sense, it definitely had the vibe of a 10 to 1 sketch. And, and I'm not surprised to hear that it was originally planned that way. I liked it. My my favorite line was um, when Paul said, I want to have weird opinions about Israel, not bad, weird. And then I think his 80 goes, it's the wrong shape. Um, and I I'm Jewish and I like and Paul is Jewish. And I think that's a very relatable thing of like, like. Jews and Israel it's just like this very complicated thing and I, I feel like there's more room to make jokes about it because it's like no matter where you, where you are in in the like in Judaism, how religious you are, it's always a point of contention. Um, so I, th- I feel like SNL could lean into that more. Um, and as Sarah Sherman reminded us when she roasted Colin Jost, there are a lot of Jews at SNL, both behind the camera and in front of the camera. So I, I like that representation. I'm glad it came out of Paul's mouth, uh, not anyone else's mouth, because Paul is Jewish. So yeah. yeah and I mean, And Tina T- and I
1: said, can you say Jews? So that's right. a lot reason. of Jewish yeah.
3: stuff tonight. And they ended yeah. on a Jewish sketch, which we'll talk about.
1: Yeah. yeah, so uh, we'll talk about all that. Um, <laughs> very interesting stuff. Yeah, uh, Andrew, I think the biggest question I have for you when, when we're talking about you know the stuff that was recorded for this week is like, how does it play without the laugh track or without the live audience being there to hear them in the background? And this was our first instance of getting the silent background for the pre-tape. Uh,
0: well, I mean, I would say one pre-tape I definitely benefited from it it's not this right. one uh th- i don't know this one felt like it had three different concepts that it bounced between at different times and and it lacked a real cohesive through line to it and so i i think a lot of people in the chat said they kind of zoned out and i think the first initial beats about just the grandchildren over and over again uh really didn't work And, you know, if that didn't work for you, you might have zoned out before it started hitting other beats and and going other places. And I felt down the line, uh, it had, you know, some pretty decent lines in it, but um, just didn't really feel cohesive. And yeah, probably a a thing that would have fit better, uh, deeper in the show, I suppose. But yeah, definitely not. Uh, up top of the show material but you know it's kate nady so i guess we gotta gotta put it there
1: yeah i mean i do wonder um i guess their worry was that if they started with archived material right off the bat that people would turn off the televisions and not realize that there was new material there I just wonder if yeah. this was the pre-tape to start with. I It's an interesting question about why they did that versus one of the other ones, which I'm sure we're going to talk about uh, next. But that, that was the interesting choice to me. It was like, okay, they had to do something new to start, but why this one?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I well, I don't know. I mean, of the three new things that we get, I would say I, too, would have probably put this up top as well. Okay um you know just because i feel that the the second one we get benefits for its its deeper placement uh but yeah just uh, i don't know slightly sloppy i guess but had a couple laughs in it, i suppose
1: yeah for sure all right so we're going to talk a little bit about the archive stuff we saw tonight we're not going to get as much into detail as we would on some of the other sketches but first up we got tina and keenan introducing dick in a box from december 16th 2006 season 32 and i'll start on this one which is to say i know everybody's seen dick in a box everybody's heard it a bunch of times and that could be your complaint about it uh one of my all-time favorites in season 32 i actually and i've discussed this with andrew before season 32 i believe is the greatest season in the history of snl i think above and beyond and uh for me this is like one of the highlights of that season for sure i have my uh dick in a box <laughs> stuff right here oh so my God. <laughs> <laughs> brought, it, brought it for all of you but um i i never get tired of seeing it i know some people do but i i enjoyed it uh andrew robot me on this
0: oh lord i mean <sighs> again i see why they did it but i mean I don't know if you're an SNL fan or even just, you know, SNL agnostic. You've seen Dick in a Box a billion times. And so my only amusement came from the fact that Tina introduced it as Dick in a Box. And then they had to bleep out Dick in the sketch itself. (laughs) They couldn't pull up the uncensored version of it, uh, which did get some amusement from me. Uh, yeah, should I have
1: bleeped you when I introduced your name? Yes.
0: <laughs> well, no, I think we're after. It's it's late enough. You can say my name now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Kaylee, uh, thoughts on Dick in a Box?
2: I mean, yes, it's still funny. It's it's still, but like, even if you've never seen SNL, you know Dick in a Box. Um, so I, I, think, I think, yeah, maybe Andrew's right. Like maybe they could have gone with something different, but maybe they wanted a guaranteed all people know this one and like this one. It's always funny, but yeah, I was a little disappointed to see it again. I've, I've already seen it probably twice this month, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: That's true. Uh, every holidays it comes up. Uh, Nicole, right. thoughts on Dick in a Boxing again?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I feel like I like that term, Andrew, SNL agnostic. I, I feel like everyone has seen that, and everyone in this panel and probably in the chat has seen it a lot, I'm willing to, to bet. So, it felt a little <laughs> yeah, bit like, chat. okay, kind of. I kinda have this like committed to memory against my will. I didn't even realize I did. And then it starts playing and I'm like, oh, this is like a song that I knew when I was younger. And it just kind of comes back to me. So there was no sort of like shock factor or excitement factor. It was just like when you play a song on Spotify or wherever you listen to music and it's just like, I'm gonna just choose something I know. I'm not in the mood to kind of have like an exciting moment or or deal with new music. And that's that's like a whole analogy I guess I, I might bring up a little more later. But like yeah. I don't always discover new music because I just like to stick to the old stuff that I that I already know but um that that felt like this this uh, episode a lot it was just sort of like oh we just stick what we stick to what we know and stick to the beats that have worked historically and then everything else will be kind of just up in the air and we'll see what happens
1: it, it was comfort food in a way to see yeah. it. yeah. Yeah, sure. that's what I said. Um, okay, so then we get uh, Paul Rudd introducing our second pre-tape of the night, and again, you know, they they stack these at the beginning. I assume they want people to know that this is uh, going to be some new material there. And this is an evening with Pete Davidson in 2054, and I would love to let the panel break down what they saw here because for me, this was an absolute highlight of the night. Andrew, did you feel the same way?
0: Oh my god, I love this. Uh immediately, I mean, my mind went to Tom Schiller. Uh it, it went immediately to the John Belushi uh tap dancing on the graves of his former cast members uh sketch. I forget what that's called. Um so all in that line. And I I just I loved it. It it, it had the right amount of, of meta-ness to it uh a a right amount of, of dramatic beats, sentimentality, uh some good laughs. Just Mikey like, dude, Chad, uh got a great laugh from me. And the fact that I, I really this is the one where I feel like the lack of uh audience response at all only worked in its favor to really bring you into the uh atmosphere of the sketch and uh you know like previous season where they were working with um you know half audiences and stuff it's just like i i i I was adamant i was like snl just needs to try and do a show straight without an audience i want to see how it would go and i would say that this sketch says some things would work better without an audience um so undeniable classic. I, I absolutely loved it. One of the best pre-tapes the show's done in quite some time. Uh, and really, I mean, for, you know, I'm back and forth on Pete. And uh, I, th- I thought he smashed it. I thought this was great. Loved it. Absolute yeah. highlight of the night. I'm so glad that this whole thing was put on just to see this.
1: I, I agree. And Nicole, I actually think this is the best thing Pete's done all season.
3: Wow, I mean, yeah, that's that's an argument you could make. I I I'll have to think about it. I don't I don't know if it quite is for me. I am more into some some of the other things he's done. And also, I actually just learned today that Big Wet went to my high school, so that was a fun fact. And I'm a little more <laughs> oh, attached. I'm I like you say Big attached. Wet
1: was supposed to.
3: Yes, more yeah. Big Wet facts. <laughs> uh, yes, honestly, guys, I have uh, the inside <laughs> scoop. He was supposed to be in that. Everyone, Big Wet, you heard it here first. I'm kidding. Yeah, don't Nicole, I was going to say don't take that out of context. <laughs> if it, it's, a yeah, joke. No, it's, it's a joke. Yes. It's a if Big Wet was no, going to
1: be, it, if Big Watt was going to be in this pre-tape, but was taken out due to COVID, I mean, that would be a huge story for it would, everything. It this would be show.
3: great. Yeah, no, but yeah. I now I have a bit more of an attachment to the two he was in. Now knowing we have that in common, our, our high school. So, um, no, but I, I did enjoy it a lot. My my main thoughts were, um, so so Pete's like you know they I, I know that the hair and makeup departments and things it was a little bit lower staffed and stuff this week. Um, but he did have that receding hairline going on, so there was work to be done, and his forehead was just so shiny, I thought, so there were a few different options for why that was true. Is it the implication that Pete doesn't age, which could happen? Is it that he gets a lot of work done in his older age, which they also made a joke about Colin? Uh, that was a great Tina joke, we'll circle back, but the joke that Colin is getting work done right now, um... Or is it emphasizing the lack of quality in black and white footage? So many reasons, but I just couldn't—I couldn't stop thinking about the, the receding hairline coupled with the shiny forehead. It was like, I don't know, age him a little bit, you know? Um, that was well, my. Main I think thought. it's more
0: just like he's a sweaty old comic still doing the same
1: shtick.
3: Yeah, but you yeah. can have wrinkles. Otherwise and sweat. known
1: as big sweat. Oh! Big
3: sweat. There we go. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But um, I did like it. I also have to point out the machine gun Kelly and the ashes. There was a part of me that was very hopeful that we were going to get the real deal. Um, but the ashes was kind of a nice touch. And also speaking about implications, you know, the the implication that that Pete outlives his buddy MGK, uh, who is a few years older than Pete. But you know, just I felt like it had. Some nuance to it. And there was a lot of different things going on where you could kind of jump to your jump to different conclusions and analyze it further. So that was one of them, the MGK stuff. So I I think my favorite moment of the night, probably I'll have to rethink that. Um, You know, number two, number one, number one is, is later.
1: Oh. Okay, well, so we'll talk about it later. But I would say the uh, the uh, P- uh, MGK with the ashes, I mean, that's the don't look back in anger connection that we were talking yeah. about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Oh, really don't look enjoyed. back in anger. Thank you, John. Okay. Yeah, uh, no problem. Uh, Kaylee, what did you think of this uh, pre-tape we got to see with Pete Davidson?
2: I just want to analyze this deeply upon many rewatches. I mean, this was an art piece. It was so experimental and just different and it's, it's cool to see pete in this experimental you know just in the throes of, of just trying these things that i think people don't expect of him and this kind of i don't know it was it was cool to see him yeah this this piece but set in like way in the future you know hearing him joke about like all these things that he thinks are going to happen to him or you know like he's always so like down on himself or you know what's gonna his future is gonna look like but um yeah to see. This imagination of of what it could be was just interesting. But yeah, I, I wonder what like the general population's reaction will be to this, but I thought it was, I don't know that it didn't make me laugh, but it was certainly fascinating. To watch, yeah,
1: I think. I think it's overwhelmingly positive. I think most people really yeah. in- enjoy this one, and uh, yeah. this will be. Uh, I think that this could be in a best of season forty seven special one day, and um, <laughs> the uh, I, the line that I I did enjoy, and it's an obvious one, but just at the end when he says that he was a famous sex symbol for reasons no one understands, <laughs> and I just <laughs> I, I just thought it was such a good line. So I just and I, I really I, I
0: hope it shows that the show can do uh more things like this and people will enjoy it. Uh yeah. It it, it provides the variety I, I look for in the show. Uh and also I do love, I didn't even realize until Kaylee said it, but the fact that it takes place in 2050, but it's just the 1950s, uh is a detail I didn't yeah. even really connect until right now. <laughs>
3: Yeah it's like black yeah, that, and white but on. it's very mad men vibes but it's in the yeah, future. <laughs> but it's this in the very, future. There's so much this is just such rich like so, all the subtext so much to analyze like why are we why are we mad Men-ing the future. I'm yeah. fascinated. I feel like we all just want to think about this forever. We, we we'll
1: feel. have a lot of time this week to yeah, talk about this we one, will. So for <laughs> we sure. all we'll, will. We'll, we'll have a lot of stuff yeah. to get into with this. Yep. Um, okay. Next up, we have Keenan Thompson introducing uh, Santa and his magical elves. This was a sketch that aired on December 5th, 2015 in season 41. And this was the second of the three iterations we saw of this sketch. First with louis ck and casey affleck so uh interesting trio <laughs> but
3: uh, I'm sorry wait um, you also have to mention the louis ck um advertisement that aired like right around then what was everybody
0: that kept talking about that and i was watching a west coast feed uh so i did not get oh, it but that kept on popping up in our discord and i did not see it yeah. What was it? Uh, Nicole, please Nicole. tell me. It was
3: just like a comedy special or taping or whatever that he was doing. I didn't even pay. I was just like, Oh, Oh, it's him. It's him. It's him. He's, <laughs> he's doing his thing. Um, but I that was a little jarring. So um, yeah, a lot of Louis C.K. tonight. Speaking of the synergy stuff, there's there's Louis C.K. had two moments tonight. If you if you pull it, you know, grab its straws and and give him two moments. Oh yeah. boy, a-
1: almost another five timer, <laughs> Louis C.K. Yeah, um, yeah. But <laughs> okay, uh, Kaylee, can I start with you on this one? Uh, let's take it back to 2015, Santa and his magical elves.
2: Yeah, um, I actually just the other day had had seen the one with um, Casey Affleck, and I remember it's. it's this is the one I saw and I didn't realize there was different versions of this. Um, I think it's really funny. The naughty elves. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, again, having just seen a very similar sketch, like it, it, the surprise of it didn't, you know, it, it didn't hit me the same way. Cause I knew what was coming. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was, it was funny. Uh, it was good. Classic. But um yeah, I don't know. It didn't it didn't knock me over just because the surprise factor was gone for me.
1: Yeah. Andrew, anything did it do anything for you seeing this again, Santa's magical elves? Uh not really. I haven't
0: really enjoyed any of these. I'm kinda of surprised that they this was one that was chosen. Uh I think I was okay with this episode or I was okay with this sketch in the context of that episode because it was such it had such a loopy energy uh for that one that you know i I was more able to roll with the punches of that sketch uh on the night that it aired, but here out of context uh just kind of laid bare why i i don't i don't i don't really like these sketches, so odd choice you know I'm sure somebody loves these Keenan obviously does, so you know
1: good for him okay <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right, Nicole, what about
3: you? Same, didn't blow me away. It's the kind of suspense building sketch that it's really you want to watch it, you don't want to watch it so many times except if you have some sort of a special affinity for it. It's not the type of sketch that plays well for an average SNL fan who yes, ha- just, you know, it, it that's kind of that's kind of what I feel about it is it's not like the type of sketch I want to watch more more than once um or more than I don't know five times because I'm I, my version of once is five times, but um, yeah, I mean, I I like the little Ryan Gosling callback because I, he is everything he's done on SNL. I love he, a lot of amazing moments with him, obviously Papyrus among others. So I like that he had a little moment tonight, but the sketch itself, I mean, didn't really hold my attention since I, I knew all the beats already.
0: Yeah. And yeah. brought up in chat, I think Santa Baby would have been far better choice by far. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I assume that this was a Keenan Thompson choice. That yeah. He was like, I want this one in there. Um, okay, then we get Tom Hanks and probably his choice where he said, hey, you guys never put on the Global Warming Christmas special. So can you put that <laughs> one back on the show? Andrew, were you happy to see back in December 8th, 1990, season 16, we had a lot of the 1990s cast in this one. Um
0: th- yeah I this was I mean I'm I'm glad to see something that um I had not seen a million times before and I'm sure a lot of people haven't and just simply like hey the show like you know acknowledging that it exists before 1995 is uh just always great to see this would not have been my pick but obviously for Tom this would have been special because this was is the five timers episode, I believe. um, it was. So it's, yeah, I think so. Uh, so interesting choice. The whole global warming thing just thrown into the context of this episode did kind of bring <laughs> the vibes down a little bit. Like, oh boy. Yeah. Well, it's the same 30 years later or worse. Huzzah. um, But you know, just to see Jan Hooks and Phil Hartman, you know, that's always nice. And, uh, you know, it's just I like that cast. Like, oh, hey, there's Julie Julia Sweeney and, and Victoria Jackson getting a couple laughs. Um, yeah, and Christine Zander. Yes, and Christine. Yes, uh, always nice to see those old writers yeah. as well. So yeah. um, it was a nice blast from the past. Not something uh, I was expecting or would have chosen myself. But it was nice to see Tom Hanks throw in a, a real deep cut. Uh, yeah. So I appreciate that as as a, as a you know, vintage what I w- SNL fan.
1: Right. What I would say is, like, what does Tom Hanks owe to Ralph Nader to constantly bring him into Five Timers episodes? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what <laughs> I, I forget
0: the context of why Nader was there. Yeah, uh, he was in
1: the Five Timers <laughs> Yes, sure. he
0: was. Yeah. And I, yes, I don't yeah. remember why. Yeah, it's been some time. Yeah, uh so, very bizarre <laughs> but yeah very- nader was another thing i was not expecting to see tonight
1: yeah yeah nicole ralph nader on your bingo board would have been a good one for tonight so uh <laughs> yes. what were your thoughts on the global warming christmas special
3: yeah so john we were texting about it and and i think you mentioned that it, it was a good it was a good choice to pick um because it it was Long and it had a lot of callbacks to different people, and so it was—it was like it was nice for that reason and, and perhaps necessary. And in my in my notes, I wrote, "Don't want to be, don't want to be dark," but I just wrote, "Time killer, vibe killer." That's what I had, and that's how it. That's I'm gonna be harsh for one one sketch. We're talking about global warming and climate change. Like, I, this was not the call. I get that it was nice because the Tom Hanks stuff and his five timer. Da da. da, da but it, it that was not enough to make this one of the ones that we were gonna do, and it went on for so long. And it's it's like all of the history and the richness of it, and the different things going on. It, it wasn't enough for me to have this be one of these sketches chosen. There are there's just such a so many to choose from, and we shouldn't have just stuck so closely to who's in the building and who are we gonna honor this way. And I love Tom Hanks, but like yeah. we didn't need to do that. It, it was for me. This was the the low point where I was like again 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 um and i didn't remember i hadn't seen this one in so long so it's not like i remembered the beats and that's why i was not so into it like the Ryan Gosling one it was more just i was like oh cool it's over oh no it's not oh no it's not no it's not no it's not and i just i was i was so over it for so long and from the second tom hanks introduced it and it was a dark topic i was like not the night tom not the night <laughs> yeah <Nuh-uh. laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna blame this on Ralph Nader. So that's that's where my, <laughs> my uh, Kaylee thoughts on the sketch. Um,
2: was it long? Yes. Was it funny? Uh, at times, uh, was it fun? I enjoyed seeing. That was one thing that I really liked about seeing some of these replays of of old sketches. Was it? It is just. It's fun to see some of your favorite people who aren't on the show anymore on on your live on your TV. There's just mm-hmm. something cool about that nostalgia for me. Um and it was fun to, I I liked Tom Hanks's Dean Martin. I, you know some of these characters I'm like do, well, do people who are watching the show tonight do they know who Crystal gale is? I mean I do, but I don't. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but yeah, so it was just fun to see these kind of what now feels like obscure impressions. Um but it was it was I thought it was fun to see that many of them in you know when one sketch played by some of our favorite, you know, cast members from long ago but yeah i had fun watching it it didn't really make me laugh a lot but um there were things to enjoy i thought
1: okay that is fair uh let's talk about something new we'll we'll flash forward back to 2021 where we get into weekend update and we get our regular weekend update intro interesting choice snl to play weekend update with colin Jost and michael chase Intro, but not play the cast intro at the beginning of the episode. I thought that was mm. so interesting to me. Like, why, why do that? But uh yeah, we open up on Tina Fey and Michael Che, and yeah, even though they weren't at the desk, I mean, this was Weekend Update, so it uh, definitely counts as far as Tina Fey uh, anchoring Weekend Update this week. I definitely would say that happened, and so this was a Tina and Che update. And Andrew, I mean, my big question here was why couldn't we get a Tina and Che joke swap? I feel like that was coming, and we didn't get it.
0: Hmm. I mean, oh, that's true. I wonder, I wonder if they have it, had it planned, uh, at all. But um, yeah, this was interesting. Uh, I, I enjoyed the looseness of it. Uh, again, it, it worked in its favor for that. Um, and you know, personally, not not the biggest fan of Tina Fey's uh, tenure at Update uh but i thought this was was mostly solid from from both of them and i think kept at the right length uh for what it was so uh it didn't belabor the point uh got some good jokes out of both and uh it was it was overall fairly charming and uh yeah I I think it was pretty good. I, again, I think the the moments where this this episode worked its best outside of the sketches uh that it's presenting is just the fact that like uh, SNL could be looser, you know. It could just kind of faff about break, and break do, the format. And, do, and break the format and do these things and it could be fun. You can roll with the punches. And so uh yeah, overall I think this was fun
1: yeah, I will say before before I get to our other panelists on this, uh, Andrew, my obscure reference that I kept thinking about when they kept going back to the audience and seeing seeing Keenan and Paul Rudd and Tom Hanks laughing was the um, the uh, it was I think it was the Peyton Manning episode in season thirty two as well, where uh, they went to the audience, and Dan Aykroyd is crying oh. to Andy Samberg <laughs> singing as Sanjaya that's that was my that was, that my was
0: one of the most pointless brilliantly pointless cameos of all time was dan Aykroyd crying in the audience um, so that's
1: that's the vibe that i was getting from the audience oh, tonight. if they every could time have
0: today. done that oh if they
1: could have done that if dan Aykroyd would have been crying in the audience i think that would have been that would have made it for me <laughs> uh kaylee over to you your thoughts on weekend update tonight
2: so if you are a theater kid and you've ever like self-produced or your friends have self-produced a show and you're going to do a full-length show and then you realize okay we can't do that we're going to do a stage reading everybody all right we're all on the same page we're all on the same page that's what this was everyone knew what the thing was everyone was like okay we're gonna go with this it's not what we expected but we're gonna go with With what it is and we're going to enjoy it. And then cutting to, um, Keenan and Paul and Tom Hanks in the audience was like, you know, you got your small group of friends there and they know they had to laugh extra hard, especially if there's a camera on them. Um, but they did not, I, I liked it and I, I thought it worked. Okay,
1: good. Nicole, what did you think of it?
3: So I said earlier that this, I had my number one thing of the night ahead and that was this. I, Love Tina Fey. I'm gonna strongly disagree with you, Andrew, about Tina. I don't know what you're talking about. Have she, you seen
0: her updates I, lately?
3: Yeah. Yes. What do you mean lately?
0: L- Have like I seen recently. them
3: recently? Yes. Um, yeah. Every now mm-hmm. and then I go back and and look at Tina. Whatever. I'm not gonna debate it now. But okay. she, yeah, we can't
0: we can't hash uh, this out now.
3: Okay. So I loved it. I just loved to see Tina. She brought a really great energy to the whole night, and I think that with update, she she just to me it was she saved the night. It was the only thing that was felt new and fresh and different without being like oh this is because of omicron and because of covid. It was like something that could have happened if Colin Jost wasn't able to be there. And of course they weren't weren't in their usual spot with the with everything and the 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 backdrop and stuff, but it still felt like something that could happen for reasons outside of covid whereas everything else had happened it was just so much more specifically, like ingrained, like this. This is because of this, and and I just felt like I could sort of let go of that. Even though, ironically, the content that they were saying was the most political part of the night and the most COVID specific part of the night, I still felt like I could let go of all of that and just really enjoy Tina Fey. I also, my mom and brother, uh, coincidentally, were watching Mean Girls earlier today, and so I'm just in a very Tina Fey mode, and I just I think she she's such a gift to comedy. And I felt like she was really, her her update voice and her update vibe was just so strong. And I was I was thrilled. It just made me really happy. And they could have gone on forever. And I also liked the, the cutting to the audience, the little audience. And it just felt like they were breaking the fourth wall in a lot of ways tonight. Um, and we're going to talk about that more. But um, I liked how they were doing that. And it was obvious that they were, they were overly laughing in a way that they were kind of in on the joke with us. And it was clear that they were like, I'm laughing really hard because I have to, I'm being held against my will. If I don't laugh really hard, then we're going to have a problem. So I'm going to laugh really hard. And it just felt like they were in on that joke. Um, and that felt really comforting too.
1: Yeah. I, w- I would say that this uh, on first watch, at least felt like very rapid pace. And I feel that when there is an, au- like, I think audiences on weekend update definitely make the whole thing feel a lot different because i think they wait for the the time between the joke they let it sit and i felt like things were going like really really quickly here Mm -hmm. and i felt like they maybe could have get let this you know stretch it out a little bit more i wouldn't have hated that and i mean i wouldn't have hated seeing an update guest come on i still think they could have done that i mean clearly some you know they could have talked to the audience and had some type of break in the the format of just che and tina doing jokes So I did enjoy it. I just felt like there was probably more that they could have done here given the circumstances.
0: Or maybe not, given the circumstances. So
1: yeah. Maybe. I mean, uh, okay, let's talk about uh, the next sketch, which Paul Rudd introduces. And this is a new pre-tape that we're seeing called The Christmas Socks. And it has Kyle Mooney, a six-year-old, purchasing Christmas socks with Keenan as the cashier and Paul coming over and wanting to help buy Kyle's socks. And uh, yeah, this is a parody on a Christmas Shoes song that uh, a lot of people know of. And yeah, this, this kind of developed into something where charlie x cx came into this at some point which is nice that at least she got something in the episode given that she wasn't there tonight so let's talk through it nicole can i start with you on this one tell me your thoughts on the final pre-tape we saw tonight
3: yes well respectfully this had cut for time written all over it <laughs> um just saying it wasn't that it was bad it was just it, it comp- i mean i don't think anyone's going to disagree with me that in an ordinary week this would have been Cut for time, and maybe we would have we would have enjoyed it on YouTube, and we would have maybe we would have even had some people saying, "Why was this cut for time?" It's always these things are always cut for time, and people rallying and being um, upset about it. But I mean, come on, this this was going to be the 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 bottom of the pick if it were a a typical week, and I say that with respect. But um, yeah, I mean, I I'm so happy that Charlie XCX was in this because, as we know, musical guests aren't always in sketches. And I don't know that they planned this knowing that it was going to be up in the air if she'd have her musical performance. I think it was just, we're going to have you in something this week. Amazing. Cool. So I I feel like that was just one of the luckier moments of the night that she was in something. It could have gone either way for her. Um, It's not like it was a given that she would be in the way that Taylor Swift, I'd say, was pretty much a given. We'd see her elsewhere other than her, her song. So I was so happy for her for that. She really just deserved it. And I thought she did great. Uh, I think it was it was a good good pick for her good good little moment and she got to kind of have fun and, and be in the quirky costume which I feel like is rare for musical guests when they make appearances I I it's I don't usually see that they get to really be immersed in the sketch um, I guess it was a, a pre-tape so maybe that's a little bit more why that was feasible but I cut for time vibes um, but you know what I'm happy that they had if they didn't have this it would have meant fewer new things so it it was it was the third pre-tape and it was the one that would have gotten cut but it means we just had one more sketch tonight that was new so you know no complaints except Mm -hmm. some criticism no complaints yes criticism i guess no complaints
1: except you would have cut it so yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, kaylee your thoughts on our third pre-tape we saw
2: i love the choice to parody uh christmas shoes um it's such a yeah, <laughs> um, so I, I thought it was a really great concept. Um, I thought all of it was funny. It hit home because I had a very similar situation happen today when I was Christmas shopping, where there was two people holding up the entire line in conversation at the register. Um, so, oh, I thought made, you meant a
1: strange man was good trying to buy you socks. That's that was. Oh that was, well, no, no, no
2: that me. was a couple of days ago, but and for an entirely different occasion. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, it's. I, I don't know. Paul Rudd's face is just so funny and his, um, his, his unaffected facial expression um, is just hilarious to me. So it was, it was fun to see that. Um, I I thought it was funny. Um, I thought maybe it went on too long. Um, And yeah, I agree with Nicole. It probably would have been cut and maybe enjoyed online in that context, Um, but it was fine. It didn't really, I thought it was a great concept. Had some laughs, um, but, you know, I'm probably not going to remember it a few days from now.
1: (laughs) Okay. Andrew, will you remember this a few days from now?
0: Oh, boy. No. Um, My God, I thought this was shockingly bad, especially since they all sat around and decided what would have been cut beforehand. Really surprised this got through. Um, And initially, this hit for me. Because I just heard that song for the first time like a year or two ago. And we were like in an Uber. And um, I made everybody shut up because I was like, what is happening with this song? This is insane. I've never heard this before. <laughs> this, is, this is an insane song. So once it started and I realized that they were parodying that song, I was like, ooh, interesting. Let's see where this goes. 25 minutes in, I was like, please stop. Please stop. Um. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, the joke is it goes on too long, and that's one of the trickiest things you can do in comedy. And I think this has missed its mark so hard. And yeah, like everybody says, it's like easily cut for time. Just I, I-, I don't know. Uh,
1: shocked, shocked that got past the table read. Honestly, I'm shocked that you only heard the song two years ago. That's that's what's crazy <laughs> to me. Um, yeah, I, I actually. I- I, I didn't hate I this. didn't even I know think- it
0: was like a movie. Like it was for a movie with like Rob Lowe, somebody said. I was like, what?
1: Okay, I didn't know that. Um us but- see. Uh, I actually think AD Bryant saved this for me a little bit. I think that she came in at the end and with the proposal and stuff, like I felt like she came in and she added to this. And I definitely want to give this a second watch for sure, just to get uh, more opinions on it. But I think uh, I think that it was not doing anything and I felt like AD added something to it and that was nice to see. So um, yeah, let's talk about what we saw for the rest of the episode and we'll power through these other sketches from previous eras of the show. Okay, next up we have Paul Rudd introducing and something and uh, this is really nice to me to when Paul Rudd was sharing this anecdote about how he idolized Steve Martin, who I believe would have been there at the show had it been possible to be. Uh, and he performed this sketch, and he I think he said he was in Mr. Shipley's class, so uh, really nice to get to hear this from Paul. Uh, we've seen this one a lot, Andrew, but thoughts on this 1986 season 12 sketch from Steve Martin, where he talks about his Christmas witch
0: uh yeah i mean another one um i think most people have uh seen plenty of times but this one uh i don't know still makes me chuckle i, I still kind of laugh at this one and uh i i can see why a young paul rudd would uh be so fascinated want, want to learn this whole sketch this it does feel like one of those things where you're like "Ooh, i'm gonna learn every line from this every beat uh because it is so so well performed and so uh uh, compact in its writing. Um so it was fun to see. But again, just kind of one that uh, you know, gets into Christmas show clip package uh territory where it's like, yeah, but this also does run like every year. So uh, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. and maybe uh, yeah Paul Rudd doing his own version of it would have been uh yeah maybe more intriguing.
1: Yeah but still, that would have cool I was
0: I wasn't mad at it. It's very short. It's hard to
1: get mad at it. For sure, uh, definitely a classic. Kaylee, your thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, this is another one I, I just again just saw two days ago, and um, maybe because it's not a song or anything like that, it 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 and doesn't get stuck in your head. Like, and Steve Martin performs it so well that this one never gets old to me. Um, So I was happy to see it and it makes me laugh every single time. And coupled with the story with Paul Rudd, I thought worked really well. So I was happy it was there. Okay, Nicole, what about you?
3: Same. I thought what made it and what distinguished it from the typical, okay, it's holiday season. We know we're going to see this in the, the Christmas packages and so on. What distinguished it was Paul's story. And I liked that we didn't have a, a monologue, which we are all sad about, but I I think that these little clips of the intros served as a monologue. So we got to see the meaning behind Paul Rudd's passions for certain sketches right before he introduced those sketches. So I really liked that. And I liked that um, we just, yeah, I, I thought like the, the details that, that he gave us, it felt like, okay, now I'm going to watch this sketch through Paul Rudd's eyes and, mm. and really get to know him in the way that we want to know a host usually with the, you know, you have the cold open and then the monologue and then you see the rest of the episode through the context of the political stuff talked about in the cold open. And then the host size, the reason they're excited to host SNL this particular time and everything else is kind of, you can see it through those lenses. So we didn't get that at the jump necessarily. We got it a little bit, but I liked that it sort you know, for this type of episode, I thought that it was really cute. And also, again, that breaking that kind of fourth wall in a different way than we would if he had mentioned this in the monologue. It was very much like, "I'm gonna um, talk about." I, it's it's almost like I handpicked this. Maybe Paul Red handpicked this one, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Here's why. Here you go, class. Enjoy." And then Paul Red wheels in that that TV screen that, that we were talking <laughs> about, and he he gives it nice all. And then the rest thank you, thank you. And then the rest of us just sits back and we're like, All right, teacher, we'll 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 indulge this one while you go sit down and, and you you chill out. That's fair.
1: Yeah, Andrew, the only TV screens that actually do get rolled out on SNL with somebody in it is Chevy Chase being in the screen. So that that would be the only situation they would bring somebody in for that. I um, get that as-
0: reference!
1: <laughs> yes. Um, okay, let's talk about our next one, Keenan Thompson, and I believe this was probably a Keenan Thompson pick. He picks the two, December fifteenth, two 2012 pageant audition sketch with host Martin Short and musical guest Paul McCartney. So, oh, right. Kaylee, what do you think of this one?
2: Yeah, well, I mean I was kind of disappointed that it didn't get into the the most magical part of that sketch is the walls breaking away and going into Paul's performance and it cut off early and didn't go into that and I was like, "Oh, dang." I mean, but you know, Martin Short, I love Martin Short, so I'll watch him do anything pretty much. Um so it was it was fun, but I thought they cut the most magical and then they maybe they couldn't play the song for, you know, they didn't want to pay for it or something, but um they cut the most magical <clears throat> part of
3: that sketch
2: the most fun part.
1: Okay. Uh, Nicole, thoughts on the pageant audition December 15, 2012 sketch we saw?
3: So this is what I was talking about with, at the beginning that we got a Paul McCartney sketch and a Paul McCartney appearance in two different sketches. And so then that's when my brain was really going like, okay, there's so much intentional synergy going on here, even not just the people that are in the building or remote, like Martin Short and Steve Martin are, but it's like if someone happens once, it happens twice. And you can even say on some weird level, Louis C.K. happened twice tonight too, which is a big stretch. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm, I'm just so in, in need always of things the to themes. analyze. I always need, I need stuff to analyze so bad right now. So we're gonna go with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I thought, um, you know, not not so much to report, but it, it was just kind of like, okay, this is a good, a good like modern sketch that also had people from different eras of the show. So it felt like a good type of sketch for tonight. Um, So I, I liked it mostly for that reason.
1: Okay, Andrew, anything from you on this one? Uh well Kaylee's right. Uh
0: this sketch is missing its best part where it does the segue into the song, uh Wonderful Christmas Time, which I love and hate at the same time. Uh what a confounding song that is. So it would have been kind of fun to see that. And um <laughs> I don't know. Keenan's two picks tonight. You know, I've been uh long saying, you know, like once Lauren leaves, like they should give Keenan the chair. And then I see Keenan's two picks for tonight. And I'm like, eh, maybe not. Because um, I I like this episode quite a bit. That Martin Short, uh, Paul McCartney episode's quite good. And that's the low point of it by far. And so, yeah, I'm kind of shocked to see it here. Um, yeah, I, I don't think uh, without, you know, that special moment of it breaking out in sh- into song. Uh It doesn't stand alone as a sketch. It's just a, a bunch of wacky, wacky do lines. It's like, man, you yeah. don't want them to sing. May. Yeah, I don't know. Not my thing.
1: Okay. Well, something that that I think I I definitely know that I enjoyed and I think is more your thing is the next sketch that we got to see and this was Tom Hanks introducing the Eddie Murphy sketch that we got at the end of his episode December 21st, 2019 in season 45. This was the North Pole news report uh, and we saw Kittle Diddles pop up on our screen in 2021. <laughs> uh, Andrew thoughts on Eddie Murphy's return this this uh tonight.
0: Uh solid selection because uh you know That Eddie Murphy episode has one of the weirdest, uh, energies ever where it just builds up until that final sketch of the night where it's like Eddie's finally arrived and it's the 10 to one. Um, so great selection. I love that sketch. Um, one of the better, you know, one of the best, you know, Mikey Day, Street Seidel collaborations in terms of sketch writing. Um, Eddie just full force um i think like improvising some lines like I, that, that the whole sexy ass elf line i don't think was in the script i don't know um but i don't know i, I really enjoy that sketch and was uh, quite pleased to see it again
1: yeah kaylee what about you did you like this as much as us
2: I I did, yeah. Um, I I must have seen this when it originally aired, but I didn't really remember it that well. But it was watching it tonight it was so funny. And for a minute, I think I got transported back to like '80s Eddie, just you know, and his rhythm and and his I don't his approach to his character was just so committed and funny and familiar, but not overdone. Um, so I, I was laughing out loud at this one. I was so glad they picked it.
1: Yeah, I, I think my favorite part of this one, Nicole, is Chloe Feynman and Eddie Murphy playing like the, the, like playing off of each other. I just think like this is this is a very early iteration of uh, Chloe Feynman and obviously Eddie uh, being an absolute pro coming back and, and doing a really, really fun sketch. So this was a great thing for me to see at the time and to see it tonight was a great surprise.
3: Yeah, I agree. It, it's it's cool to see someone in in their first season, right? The, even the the first half of their first season, twenty nineteen, for Chloe. So it's cool to see someone like bouncing off of a legend, the legend, in, in that way. And and obviously, it was just a, a showing of all her talent that was to come and, and continues to pop up on our screens. So I like that. It, this I like this for the same reason as I said for the the previous sketch, because it was a more modern sketch but had an icon from several decades prior. So it kind of was, it was a unifier for everyone for different types of viewers. So it it had the old school, it had the modern, it, it was all that stuff. So I think those sketches were probably the sweet spot of this episode. The new stuff, with a lot of cameos or hosts who were on the show decades prior. So I I think just logistically, in terms of appealing to as many people as possible, as wide of demographics as possible, this one and the previous one were great choices.
1: For sure. And thanks to our friend, JPS Productions, in the chat, said, this sketch was a late ad for tonight. show was short, and they had what they had selected, and and uh, they had ended up adding this sometime after 8 p.m. So great choice of yeah. SNL to put this one in there. Uh, okay, let's talk about our next one. And actually, let's do these two together, because these aired both in December of 2013, so both in Season 39. Uh, they were a couple weeks apart, but first we had Paul Rudd hosting the beginning of that December run, and he did the Adult One Direction fan and there were a lot of really good Paul Rudd sketches in my opinion from this episode this is one of my favorite uh Paul Rudd appearances on the show so I think that uh this was this was really interesting to see the one direction uh one back on here and now that they broke up and to to see all this again and then obviously all the impressions and now that's what I call Christmas with Jimmy Fallon hosting that one and Tina Fey introducing that those two sketches so Nicole I'll send it right back to you tell me your thoughts on these two 2013 sketches we saw
3: Yeah, definitely a lot of synergy between the two. Um, Perhaps most notably Harry Styles being a big part of both. Um, The Jimmy Fallon Harry Styles impression was really good, basically he was just jumping up and down dancing in the background with his hair flopping around, so um that was really good. so I liked the the hairy styles it that was the the, the biggest link in those two for me it was a the adult one direction was amazing, but it's not really holiday enough, so it was kind of like, okay, I feel like you just were trying to choose a, a popular but also kind of a unique callback Paul Rudd moment and I just I feel like that wasn't really the call and I say this having loved the rewatch of it when it popped up I was happy but it needed a little bit more holiday flair to it. wasn't quite enough. It felt like just maybe a, a holiday episode sketch that was the least holiday related out of everything that aired when it aired. So it wasn't really quite enough for me. Um, but then the other one, I'm happy we had an impression roundup sketch, particular particularly a musical impression roundup because that's my cup of tea. I, I'm a big musical theater person, singing, music, all that stuff. I, I, I love musical impressions. Um, and that's obviously Jimmy Fallon's cup of tea too it it felt upon the rewatch now it felt like almost like it came out of jimmy fallon's show actually like a a a tape a segment from the tonight show more so even than an snl sketch so that was my impression was like oh wow i didn't even realize at the time like this is like tonight show vibes like this is has jimmy fallon written all over it so i i liked both a lot i'll put it yeah i liked both
1: okay cool uh kaylee what about you the two sketches we saw from 2013
2: adult one direction fan is hilarious um it didn't uh i i get what you're saying nicole about the the holiday lack in that one but for me it was fine maybe even like a, a nice little break from all holiday theme but you know uh but it's so funny and paul red is so funny so I, I never mind watching that one um the uh now that's what i call christmas um it's good it's 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 funny for me my favorite part was was seeing jay Farrow because i miss him on the show so much Mm. so that was a nice little bit of nostalgia um but yeah it was funny and it was good to see some good impressions
1: yeah i agree andrew what about you um
0: you know i think the adult one direction fan uh a solid selection for a clip show that has paul rudd in it because um you know i'll I'll come clean not really a big fan of any of his episodes but this is the one thing that always stands out in my mind that isn't the vogel checks uh when i think of paul rudd on snl and so i really i do enjoy that sketch quite a bit and it doesn't get played to death so it is nice to see uh that's what i call christmas Eh, i i I don't know could have uh, I didn't really seem terribly necessary, though I did crack up all, all over again at Kate McKimmon's uh, Shakira, which <laughs> still <laughs> cracks me up. Um, but yeah, I, I think a pretty middling effort overall for that one. So, you know, does not not always thrilled with the impression a sketches to begin with. So, not the choice I'd
1: make, but, you know, it's fine
0: for the end of the night type of material.
1: Yeah, it was fine. And I think I do enjoy the 2011 Jimmy Fallon impression-a-thon musical one that they did. Uh, yeah, the that's what they film. thought
0: that they were going to throw yeah. it to. And then I was thrown by the fact that they chose that one. And I was like, hmm. Mm. Yeah.
1: I think I enjoyed that one more. But uh, yeah, it was it was good to see. Because that was the Buble that- one, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, so Buble B- was the musical guest for that episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so let's talk about our last uh, segment of the night where Tina Fey introduces a TV funhouse Christmas time for the Jews. This is from season 31, December 17th, 2005. And uh, we had uh, Tina talking about Dale who works in the wardrobe department who made a juicy couture outfit for Tina's daughter, mm. which I thought was really nice to hear that story as well. It was a cute as well. yeah, it was really cute detail. And I think that uh, the cutest detail for me and the best part of this was actually seeing TV funhouse with a Paul Rudd bumper. I thought that Mm. was just so nice that they put that in the show. So uh, that to me was like a really nice touch of them to do that. Okay. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts on this final sketch that we got to see tonight?
0: Oh, we, I love this. This is one of Smigel's best. And, and considering the episode that it's in that Jack Black uh, episode that I, I think it gets overshadowed by lazy Sunday when, when you consider it in context of the episode it aired in, um, well it's it's one of his best. I loved it. It just so many details laid out. Uh, we covered this episode on the podcast before last year i think actually and um yeah it's, it's it's just one of his best and another one where there's just so many details laid out in it that it actually uh it's worth seeing so many times like I've seen it I saw it like twenty times and I'm still picking up new details in it because there's just so many jokes uh thrown into the pot. And um, I I, I didn't catch the credits, but if we want to throw it back to the Louis C.K. theme, this might have been one of the fun houses that he wrote on or pitched (laughs)
1: ideas on. Crazy, crazy how it works. Um, Okay, somebody Uh, in the chat
0: might be able to correct me. I don't, I I can't recall if this is one that Louis has a credit on.
1: Got it, got it. Uh, Kaylee, um, thoughts on Christmas time for the Jews?
2: I remember watching this one when it originally aired, and it may have been one of the first. TV fun houses that I actually like, that didn't go over my head. (laughs) Um, and I loved it then. I think it holds up. Um, I don't want to say I completely, I'm not Jewish, so I can't speak to that completely. Um, but I think it's such a fun, I love the throwback to the sixties, um, you know, stop motion animation Christmas stuff and the the music just works so perfectly with it. So I always enjoy watching this one. Um, I don't, yeah. Another fun one that, to see thrown in tonight
1: for sure and Nicole I know this does work for you
3: yes yes I am Jewish so I I can speak to that part yeah a lot of Jewish stuff going on tonight um I I really liked it I thought it was a cute note to end on and that's a that's a big win for the Jews you know ending the Christmas episode on a Jewish sketch I mean that's a big and win not having
0: us. Louis CK in the credits a big win <laughs> yes
3: for yes thank you Casey for confirming and yeah, no yeah so yeah big <laughs> big win big win for us um we'll take what we can get at christmas time. So, I I liked it. It was just it was very wholesome. I really liked the Tina anecdote in the beginning, although I was getting to the point by the end of the story where I was like it feels a little more like Tina is hosting than Paul is hosting. That was mm-hmm. my my point. I don't want to say breaking point because I I welcome any Tina content I can get, but that was the turning point. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That was the turning point where it was like, okay, um like when we look at screen time, when we analyze that this coming week, it like I think Tina's gonna uh have more than more than Paul. We'll see. That's my prediction my oh, yeah. now. No, yeah, no like doubt. A, right? No a lot doubt. more, yeah. Yeah. So um so that's when it felt like, okay, like is starting to feel a little bit not like paul's show anymore at all it felt sort of like a a collective hosting gig with all the people that were there but um it was okay and i'll I'll say the line that i really liked was the end maybe next year they'll learn how to hold their booze christmas time for the jews (laughs) we all have really weak stomachs and that does not uh exclude alcohol so that's a good one that's a great line
1: Yeah, that was really great. Um, Yeah, and then we saw like a really nice good nights with everybody standing on stage and uh, talking about what it was like to put on a show like this and just the unprecedented nature of things changing so often. So obviously, uh, really just an incredible historic night to cover of Saturday Night Live, something that uh, unfortunately, we didn't expect. But, um, you know, I'm glad that we were all here together to talk about it. I mean, that's the nice thing about doing this online with all of you is that we can all watch something together and talk about it and, you know, express our feelings, whether they're good or bad. uh, I'm very thankful for all of you, especially uh, in this holiday season, to just get to talk through these things so uh really thank you to the panelists thank you to the chat for joining us tonight before we head off for the evening i also just want to mention a couple things that i think uh would are are important about this show uh this is actually don royce king's last show as the director of saturday Night live and uh, yeah unfortunately uh on this note you know for this particular episode but definitely like a memorable one to go out on so um, big props to don for for everything that he's contributed to the show um and then the other thing i want to say is that I was thinking if we should do this, and I think that you could definitely grade this show as like an incomplete, but you know, just for, you know, keeping things consistent, let's give us a grade out of 10 for what we saw tonight, what SNL, you know, could have done given the circumstances. So I'll ask everybody, us, our panelists, I'll ask our chat to give us a grade out of 10.
3: Can I just say also grade it as if you are Um, the substitute teacher grading. We're going to circle back on that. So it's a different scale, you guys. The substitute teachers are not as involved with your day-to-day curriculum. It's a little bit of a different scale, if that helps at all when you consider what number to give.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Andrew, let me start with you Uh, out of 10. What did you think? And chat, let us know. We'll bring it up on screen. Um, Huh. 6.5
0: 6.5 um, really again gotta give credit to that Pete Davidson pre-tape um, loved that and uh, kind of back and forth on some of the selections that they made for the uh, classic sketches some that I really didn't really need to see some that are like hey I love that I always like to see that um, and you know again I think it kept the vibes a, a good enough vibe going that it it didn't I, I don't know. It didn't really bring me down. It, it it give it did give me enough Christmas cheer, uh, for the circumstances. So, you know, six point five seven. Uh, you know, it's all right. Okay. I enjoyed it. it. It was it was it was all right. It was a good shot. Good,
1: good. Okay, Kaylee, what about you? Scale out of ten.
2: I'm gonna give it a seven. Um, it got some points off for delivery. I think there's some things that weren't as strong. Obviously, um. But it does rank over, you know, five uh, for me, you know, for the midway point, um, because what a feat and what a I, Paul Rudd and having Tom Hanks and Tina Fey there. Like, I think there were so many things that did work in its favor and so many things that we um, with a little bit of advanced notice of how it was going to look tonight. Um, I, I think we were able to embrace what it was instead of worrying about what it wasn't.
1: I agree. Nicole, what about you?
3: Yes, so with the substitute teacher grading scale, very different, understandable um, I'm going like seven point one I think it was i'm i'm really happy I know there were con- conflicting opinions about this whether the show should have gone on um and I see the sorry that I'm in the city if you hear traffic um but um. Yeah, so I get the arguments that people were making and just cancel the show, start over again. But I I think this was very emblematic of, of the show must go on in show business and with SNL. And I really admire the dedication that this show has in a way that most other entertainment business things just don't have, and and I think it's just such a testament to the longstanding, I'm sorry, the traffic is so loud, so I, I very, the New okay, York there's a lot Omicron, going on in New York
1: right now. Yes, a lot
3: is going on, I can attest, it's right out my window, but yeah, so I thought it was, it was a great, um, a great effort, I also, I have to just mention my, my mug, one sketch I would have loved to see is you're a rat bastard, Charlie Brown, uh, anyone, if you're on the video, if you're on yeah, YouTube. If you're on yeah, YouTube, I'm one. holding up a Charlie Brown mug and I played Sally Brown in the fourth grade play. And that was a big moment for me. So, um, the same school <laughs> that Big Wet went to, just to bring that back. <laughs>
1: hey, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to give this a seven out of 10. I think that just, you know, grading on a little bit of a scale here, like, our, it, it wasn't exactly. Uh, if this was a normal episode I don't know that it got the vibes that I wanted for the Christmas show for sure but I I just Mm. love that they pulled out whatever they could that they were there I mean we could have easily gone to like a full just Christmas special and we didn't we actually got to see some of the material they did this week I really enjoyed that and I'm really just uh, happy that we we had some stuff to talk about tonight that was new and that was fun so um, my hope is that obviously they are able to come back Uh, I believe it is planned that they're going to have three shows in January I don't know what the situation is or what the plans are for those shows yet it's obviously a long time to go until then but hope Ugh. the hope is that we're going to see those so oh um my God. Yeah, we'll see. So uh, obviously this year is an Olympic year, so we'll see uh, how that works out with the schedule or whatnot. But of course, uh, we will be here. We will be here to cover as much as we can and we will always let you know what we know about Saturday Night Live moving forward. All right, let's talk about what's coming up on the SNL Network this week and obviously a very different week of SNL this week, but still an interesting one. Nonetheless, we will still have our roundtable on Monday night, December 20th live at 8 p.m. Eastern and we will be live with Rich Tackenberg, one of our- Great panelists, and we're going to talk a lot about you know some of the stuff we saw tonight, but we're also going to recap the first half of the season. You know, what were there? You know, some of the best episodes, best sketches, uh, the things that happened, the ups and the downs for the cast members. Uh, it's always great whenever Rich comes on the show, so uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to him about the first half of the season. On Wednesday, we will be live with our patron feedback show. We have a great patron, Carlos, who is really excited to join us and answer your questions. So, if you have questions about Saturday Live that you want us to answer, answer on the show, you can answer our feedback form, which we post on Twitter, and also ask in our Instagram story. We will do that on Tuesday, so look out for that form to send in your questions, and if you want to call in and join us on the Patreon Feedback Show, where you can join us live on the show and ask questions, uh, you can do that if you're a patron of the SNL Network. Join us at patreon.com slash the SNL Network, and then something I'm really excited about coming up in a week's time, uh, this will be a- released on Monday, December 27th. This will be our next Superfan Takeover, and we are going to be drafting hosts from the history of the show we're going to be drafting anyone who has hosted the show ever will be eligible to be drafted for the first nine episodes of season 47 so we're going to redo the the, you know the first half of the season with drafting any host ever and it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about that we'll explain that more on the superfan takeover when you check out that show so it'll give you some good holiday content as we move towards the new year once again I want to thank everybody for joining us. Andrew, Kaylee, Nicole, all the people in the chat. Let me start with you, Andrew. Where can people reach out to you and check out what's going on on your podcast?
0: Oh, boy. Yeah, That Week in SNL, we cover vintage episodes of That Week in SNL, much like this episode today. Kind of a vintage episode in its own way. Um, So, yeah, if you want to hear us discuss that Jack Black episode, you know, that happened last year. Uh, we basically hit an episode from every single year of the show. So there's got to be one that you know out there um, that you're familiar with. Uh, look it up. Give it a shot. Try it out. Kind of fun. Talk about old episodes.
1: Yeah. And I've had a fun couple of episodes on That Weekend SNL. You can find those as well. Yes. So, John, always uh,
0: a fun co-host with us or guest.
1: Or co-host. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for sure. Uh, you're Kaylee. just your family. Yeah, I'll thank you. You too, buddy. Um, Kaylee, uh, where can people reach out to you?
2: Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at ZE Kaylee Morrison. I also host a podcast called TwinDigenous, which we, is where we um, talk about the intersection of pop culture and indigenous culture. So check out Twin Indigenous.
1: Awesome. And Nicole, where can people reach out to you and see all of your content? I know you were doing a lot of succession stuff on Twitter.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's anyone who follows me on Twitter, I'm, I'm in my succession era. It'll end soon, I promise. Um, you can follow me. Everybody
2: at, seems to be.
3: Yes, everyone is. It's, and for a reason. Me. If you don't watch, watch. Um, you have to. Everyone has to. So you can follow me at Nicole Rovine on Instagram, Twitter, And TikTok, my TikTok also has been a little succession heavy, but I'll have I'll have a new obsession, you know, next week, so it's not going to last that long. Mm. Um, And then, of course, um, I, me, and Rebecca North have a new show on the SNL network. It's called Hollywood Dish. We are we just debuted it last week. We've done two episodes. We're so excited about it. It's just pop culture, Um, what's in the news. We do it for SNL on week, so we do it. We kind of frame the pop culture news of the week in the context of the upcoming SNL episode and what you might expect to be covered, the best ways to be prepared so that you're in on, in on the joke when they make a pop culture reference. So we have a lot of fun over there. I'd love if you guys, everybody wants to check that out. And then of course, also John can explain more, but the SNL network socials, we're doing a lot of really fun stuff over there and definitely follow us if you don't already.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you can reach us at the SNL Network on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. Uh, you can follow me if you'd like to reach out to me at John Schneider 24 to uh, talk to me about anything happening with the SNL Network. I always love to hear your feedback make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you can on youtube apple podcast spotify actually just found out that spotify has ratings and reviews now so if you want to leave us a star rating on spotify that would be really great to help more people find the show on spotify as well so happy holidays to everybody if you're just joining us for the hot take shows uh, thank you for everything for throughout the fall and we will see you all next time have a good one guys.